0: Welcome everybody to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and make sure that everybody in your company is either pointed at your customer perceived value or pointed at the door. I'm Mark Boundy, your host, and today I am thrilled to have Michelle Scirocco. Michelle is a Chief Social Responsibility Officer for a company called Televerdi, but she is also uh, Executive Director of the Televerde Foundation, which we're gonna talk about more. Michelle, welcome.
1: Ah, thank you for having me, Mark. It's great to be here.
0: So Televerdi is not just a lead gen company. Televerdi is so much more. So tell us about that for starters.
1: Okay, so Televerdi is not just a lead gen company. We were started, however, 26 years ago as a lead gen company, but um, I'll give you a little history of the company if you'd like. Yes, I'd love that. Okay, perfect. So we'll start you've there.
0: Been, you've been there for a, a huge chunk of it. So um, this is history.
1: Sometimes I think Televerty was started for the sole purpose of me having a career in my life, but that's a different <laughs> story for a different day. Um, so Televerty was founded in 1994 um, based on the idea that providing women in prison with jobs and training and education, that we could build a profitable business that would um, enable us to build a profitable business and provide the incarcerated women with the skills necessary to um, transition back into the community successfully. And, And it was really just a, it was a passion project of a gentleman who was involved in prison ministries who felt there wasn't enough being done for the women to prepare them to come back into the community. And he had a background in call centers. So he started a call center inside the prison to provide the women with jobs. And then he met our former co-founder and CEO, Jim Hooker, who you know, and Jim came to the situation with a background in technology. He was a he cut his teeth in sales as an IBM sales executive and then had built and sold a couple of computer leasing businesses in the in the early 90s. And he looked at the situation and believed if we could teach the women to sell particularly if we could teach them to sell technology, then we could build a a meaningful business in an industry that was booming. So this was 1994, 95, um, ERP and Y2K were upon us. And so he just believed there was a great space in doing uh, lead generation and sales in the technology industry for a business and for women with a non-traditional background. So it was really a brilliant idea Um, It was a ridiculous idea in the time, but it turned out to be a brilliant idea because today we have, um, we have seven, eight, nine locations total, Uh, six of them, seven of them are in women's prisons here in Arizona, Indiana, Florida, and most recently we opened in uh, Her Majesty's Prison in Manchester, England. Um, We've had over 3,600 women successfully graduate from the program and go on to develop careers in um, technology sales and marketing and as technical professionals. So um, just a a great business that was built, started on just doing lead generation um, in the technology space. But grew and expanded to be able to do um, anything you can imagine along the customer journey from uh, identifying the ideal customer profile, building out the lists, uh, doing the digital marketing and the demand generation programs, and then calling them and having those conversations to either generate the lead, nurture the sales opportunity, or actually close the business and then even going on further to provide that customer support after the sale's been closed. So um, what started as a lead generation company has now evolved to be a customer lifecycle company.
0: And where a lot of companies decide this is how we're going to do it. We're going to we're you know you you've focused on the how, where which is uh, finding jobs and careers for these women who are disadvantaged in terms of careers, especially in tech. Uh, of course, I think maybe all women have got disadvantage in tuck, but that's a different podcast. That's a different, yeah, that's um, another
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: another podcast series. Um, but it turns out that you that this how has a what it has a benefit for customers, and cu- and it's it's not just a warm fuzzy for your clients, the business that hire Televerdi. They actually get something from this. Well,
1: yeah, so you know. Our customers are kind of the who's who in the technology market space. Like for example, SAP has been our biggest customer for over twelve years, and then we have customers like Cisco and Epson and GE and Adobe. You know, so these are the biggest and brightest brands in technology, and they can spend their money wherever they choose. Um, but you know, buying from us because of our business model is not the reason why people are going to spend their money. I mean, that might feel good, but in the long run, it's really about the return on the investment. And so companies like that are not going to continue to spend money with us if they're not getting the return on their investment. And so we really, you know, pride ourselves on how we deliver meaningful value for our customers, specifically in the terms of pipeline and revenue generated.
0: Yeah, and when you think of... I'm going to use the term prison labor, right? You think of low cost prison labor and giving better ROI because it's cheap, um, but your clients aren't worried about the price. They're they're actually the payoff for your client isn't because cost per lead went down. It's just that lead quality went up. That's right. So yeah, by no stretch of the imagination are we
1: a low cost leader in the market because. One, we pay the women a fair market wage for the work that they're doing, so they are earning a living while they're there. Um, something that enables them to take care of themselves while they're incarcerated, as well as develop a nest egg for once they're released to help um, ensure their success. Uh, so that's part of it. But, but from our client standpoint, it's really about uh, you know you buy the best in the you buy the best in the business because of the results that they deliver, and and we're able to do that because we have a loyal, dedicated. Committed workforce. It's really that's really focused on becoming an extension of the customer sales team that they represent.
0: So I have in my book. I think I talk about this thing called a value network. And so that dedicated workforce has benefits that that actually go to a bunch of different people in your client. So it's not just the head of marketing that realizes this. That there's actually benefits that go to different people around the company, and it, it, I'm. I didn't. Uh, I didn't preview this for you, so I'm hitting you with this kind of blind. But uh, you've been with the company well long enough, so that you know some of these value tentacles. I I call them right that where the value of your business model actually delivers outcomes, delivers results all over your client company. So if you could talk about that or tell any stories or anything like that, I'd love it.
1: Well, you know, when you think about it, it you know, anybody who is touching your customer. Every touch point represents something about your brand. So, when the women are calling up and they're having high value conversations with people, regardless of whether or not they become buyers, they are raising awareness for your brand in a meaningful way. And, and so, you know, that, that's a touch point that improves brand marketing because. If that person who's having that touch point is doing a crummy job that also influences brand marketing right so yeah. so having people out there who are the tip of the spear for your brand and they're doing it in a powerful and meaningful way makes a huge difference. And then. While we're out there having those conversations, we're gathering information from everybody we speak to, regardless of whether or not they become a deliverable for you. But we're gathering information about your market, about what people think about you, what's happening in your industry. And all of that information is aggregated. And that creates value for the people who are in product marketing, for example, because... Now, now they can better focus how to develop the products where they need to be, um, improve the messaging around the products, or or address perceptions that might be happening. And then, and then you get into kind of the real value, right? We're we're generating leads for uh, the sales team, which then creates value. You know, the, the leads are being marketing may have contracted us to do the work to fill the pipeline, so you know marketing gets the benefit of having uh, good quality full pipe, pipeline that, you know, like I said, we deliver measurable value. So we're capturing that information. And market, Mr. Marketing is now able to say, you know, I got $40 million in my pipeline from, you know, this amount of money that I spent with Televerti. And then the downstream of that is all of the leads that were generated that went down to the salespeople and the salespeople now are getting better quality leads. So their time is better spent. So you're making your salespeople more productive. And never mind, salespeople are happy. And that helps solve that constant rift between sales and marketing. That sales salespeople
0: was... happy with leads?
1: Marketing sent me another shitty lead, right? So yeah. forgive the language, you can bleep that when you need to. But, uh, that's okay. Uh, you know, so so now sales is happier with marketing, but more importantly, they're more productive and We've provided them with more information, more valuable information, that so that they can have a higher value conversation with your prospective clients. So, I mean, you just keep going. In each spot, there's all the different people that are that are being touched by the efforts.
0: Yeah, you know, you, there's so many things to unpack. There's one that th- these women are highly motivated to have great conversations. They aren't just there for a job like some lead gen employees are. So they are highly motivated to do a great job. You've got the technology. You actually mentioned that they are gathering information uh, and making that information available to your clients so that that can inform product marketing and and marketing decisions. That is not typical of a lot of lead gen companies. And that is absolutely not typical of a lot of the conversations you have with a lead gen um, gnome that <laughs> calls you, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? The, the, the typical lead gen gnome um, <laughs> is measured <laughs> on a, on calls, not on call quality. And
1: yeah, it's, you, it's you've great. got
0: you've got women who are taking pride in in what they're doing.
1: Yeah, most most folks in these types of roles or that are managing those roles, there people being measured on um, how many phone calls they made. The length of that phone call, meaning they shouldn't be very long. People are people go through a training process that you know, in some cases, may be like an hour. You know, you might get a new job as in, in one of these roles, and maybe you'll go through a half-day onboarding session, and somebody's going to hand you a script, and away you go. Whereas, you know, we're training people to understand. You know, never mind our new hire training is weeks. Just to understand business acumen, learn how to develop rapport, have effective communications, uh, really understand the hierarchy of a business. And then you go into campaign training, um, which is learning the company that you're going to represent and all of the, the value propositions and the, the, where that person plays, the com- competitive landscape for that, and really understanding the business of the business of the customers that you represent. And that's, you know, where it really makes all the difference.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I say it over and over and Televerde is one of the places where I learned this, that a small difference in your product can make a huge difference to your customers or your clients. And th- the fact that you make the huge difference is nice. The fact that your customer realizes it and connects it to your small difference is everything. And there's so many companies that don't merchandise that small difference, making the huge difference for the customer. They just think they hired the right person and they're so smart. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Now, you're also, in addition to this, the chief responsibility officer, uh, you get to be the executive director of the Talaverde Foundation. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. Well, so it's an interesting uh, an interesting position that I've found myself in. So 22 years with Televerde, um, the experience for me was uh, wonderful and rewarding. I started with Televerde uh, back in the 90s when I was serving a seven-year sentence at the women's prison here in Arizona. And um, I found Televerdi and decided it was going to be the foundation on which I was going to rebuild my life and uh, started on the phones generating leads just like the girls that we have do today. I uh, was offered a position in sales uh, back in 2002 when I was released and uh, built you know started to build my career from there. And along the way, I, honestly it was all about me. Um, and my career and my life and how much money could I make. But somewhere along the way, I realized the more that I could help the company grow, the more women could have the same opportunity as me. And uh, and so that became my driving force for a lot of years, working with the women, growing the company, uh, focusing on that. And, and then when our new CEO came on and she uh, asked me to be this She she looked at the company and she said, you know, televerting this business model is one of the best kept secrets in business and and I want you to go out and change that like take this job as chief responsibility officer or chief impact officer and go make us one of the most well known businesses for what we are doing like make the purpose of our organization something that people are aware of and talk about and think about as a best in class model for uh, purpose driven business. And so as I went out to do that work, I started to learn and realize what was happening in our our country and and, uh, what I found was shocking. So even though I had been with the company for 22 years, uh, I found that on my watch, if you were, the United States and their desire to be number one at everything had become number one in incarceration. Um, We have 5% of the world's population and 25% of the world's incarcerated people. Uh, like to put that in perspective, one in two people have an immediate family member that's currently or formerly incarcerated. And yeah, (sighs) yeah, right. (laughs) So, so, you know, everybody who's listening, like, you know, if it's not you, it's the person sitting next to you, you know, half the people in our country have been touched by this problem. And, and the problem's bigger than just the number of people who've been touched by it as a company as a country, we're spending $300 billion a year on our criminal justice system. That was billion with a B. And which would probably be okay, right? In business, if it was solving a problem, you'd say, okay, that's great, it's solving a problem, we're fixing something, but it's not. Um, 82% of all people will go back to prison within eight years. And the number one predictor for recidivism is joblessness and second to that is low income. And so as I started to learn these things and and find out more, things like four out of five women in prison have children under the age of 18. And uh, the rate of female incarceration has been going up at uh, two times the rate of of male incarceration. And uh, as I said, the number one predictor is joblessness and the unemployment rate for incarcerated women is 10 times the national average. So... It's shocking, you know, and so, so I learned all of these things and and my answer to the problem really was that businesses needed to start getting involved and that companies needed to start thinking about how they could solve their talent problems um, by building their own prison to workforce pipelines, right? We have companies are complaining they can't find talent. We're, now that we're on this side of, you know, the the high unemployment of the pandemic, you hear it every day, every morning, I turn on my podcast, I turn on my, you know, my news radio, and they're talking about the unemployment rate and companies can't find talent and the war on benefits and all of these things that, that companies are doing to attract talent. And we have a population of 70 million people in our country who have a criminal record who are regularly being overlooked. And so from that learning came this, came a lot of different things, but one of the things along the way was our new CEO um, asked me about starting the Televerde Foundation, and, and the purpose of it was uh, initially was to make sure that the women of Televerde had everything that they needed to to be able to walk out of prison and walk into any company and sit down and have a professional career um, in sales, marketing, or technology and be comfortable and to fit in and to know that they had all of the tools and the resources they needed to be able to um, successfully join and advance in that career role. Uh, And then from that, I realized that I had an opportunity to start what I had been talking about for the last year, and that is helping other companies build their prison to workforce pipelines by going in and working with women who don't have the opportunity to work for Televerde to provide them with similar training uh, and uh, development opportunities. So we've created workforce development centers where we're training women to become customer service inside sales and computer tech professionals and Pairing that with our robust re-entry program that we developed for the women of Televerde so that they can come out and realize similar results, which is 95% employment rates, salaries four times the national average, and recidivism rate less than 6%. So that's uh, become my work.
0: <laughs> um, what a cool way to spend some of your life. Uh, yeah. What a great thing to be able to put your head down on your pillow every night and say, I, I'm making this happen.
1: You know, I love that you think about it that way, but you know what? I put my head down on my pillow every night and I think to myself, I'm not doing enough, not doing enough. And I'm not doing it fast enough. There's 81,000 women who get out of prison every year. And I'm only touching a few hundred of them, you know, and and all of them want to have a better life, a better career. And, you know, an opportunity to achieve their personal best.
0: Well, and, you know, we've been, we we made a wise crack about it earlier that women in stem in general and those are college educated women those are women without the handicap and stem careers and technology companies don't have nearly enough of those people uh, to begin with and so right. th- there's this deep well of talent of women who want those kind of jobs and companies who at least are giving lip service to wanting more women yeah why is it, why is it so why is it so hard
1: you know we we check a lot of the boxes you know when it comes to diversity and inclusion but the and and everybody's talking about diversity equity and inclusion these days uh, but you know the interesting thing about it is somebody with a criminal record is the one spot where it's actually just socially acceptable to discriminate against no one has a problem saying those people yeah Right? No, that's, that's, that's not a thing. It, it's, it's, it's okay to be that way. And so that's what we have to change that stigma associated with, um, you know, incarceration, people with a criminal record. And and what is that? What does that mean? You know, why is it that um, once you've paid your debt to society, you don't get to leave it behind, it follows you for the rest of your life?
0: Yeah, the worst. Yeah, one, one worst day of your life, wrecks your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, they're there, but for the grace of God, go I right? I and I, and the fact that I don't have ovaries, but um, <laughs> but
1: but it's it's a, a problem that that uh you know men encounter the same thing you know,
0: you know so, forever, oh yeah absolutely
1: forever judged based on the worst decisions they made on the worst days of their lives.
0: Now, some of my worst decisions have lost me jobs, but not my life or not my career.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's okay. I mean. Uh, I, you're able to land on your feet after losing a crappy job because, you told. but um, wow. So what, what have we forgotten to talk about, Michelle?
1: Well, I I could talk about, I could be self-serving and I could talk about how people can get involved. um, And I'm, I'm actually really happy to do that, but but in all all honesty, you know, it's a model that, you know, the the foundation model is a model that I believe works best when business gets involved and partners with us. You know, like I said, companies have huge talent gaps that they need to fill. And we are, that's our model is to partner with other companies to help them build a talent pool a pipeline of talent that they can, can recruit and intern and hire and And um, it's good for the business, it's good for the people, and it's good for the community. So uh, I'd love to, in invite, encourage uh, anyone to get in touch with me and let's talk about how your company can get involved in tapping into this talent or supporting our efforts to, to support uh, the women that, that are incarcerated by building uh, a workforce development center that's specific to your needs or even just sponsoring a group of women to go through the program and, and become interns. Or uh, we have lots of other ways you can get involved as a mentor, as a volunteer, as, um, or of course, just to be totally shameless, you can just give us money.
0: That's okay. We we do shameless around here. Yeah. Uh, So how can people get a hold of you, Michelle?
1: Uh, You can reach me at you know some of the easiest places to find me always is LinkedIn. I just tell people to go there because there's all the social media, but I'm always on LinkedIn, and it's just Michelle Ciracco, C I R O C C O. Uh, You can email me, michelle.ciracco at televerde.com. In addition to talking to you about the foundation, because that's kind of where my focus is right now today. um, The the business of Televerdi is uh, phenomenal. We started there. Uh, You've got gaps in your pipeline, your revenue pipeline as a sales and marketing person. We can help you fill and address those um, and, and really kind of create meaningful value for you and your company in that way by working with us directly.
0: And, you know, Michelle, the the light bulb that went off for me is the quality of conversation. And I'm adamant with my clients about having everybody who touches the customer having a meaningful conversation, recording that, getting insights into the customer outcome so that your product development, product marketing people can take advantage of what happened during those conversations. And um, you've lived your life in Televerde. with a company that has those meaningful conversations, and you've kind of touched a lot of clients who don't have those meaningful conversations, but I can tell you, nobody has those meaningful conversations. Just, it's very rare and very special that your people do that. And that's a huge deal. And I, I think it's going to become a huger, bigger deal as companies tend to take that entire sales role and and subdivide it and splinter it. And now we've got SDRs and BDRs and and inside sales and outside sales and technical sales engineers and 15 others. Um, The more we splinter our customer interface, the more rare those great conversations get. And partnering with a company that has those great conversations that can roll that flaw, roll that problem back, that's a big Big deal,
1: yeah, it is. And I would say, like, partnering with us to do it. But also, if you, you know, if you're a small organization or if you've got a couple gaps on your BDR, your SDR team, I have, you know, roughly a hundred women every year that graduate from the program, and they come out and are looking for good companies to go take their skills and their talents to. So, um, get in touch with me, and we can, you know, work together to get you some good talent uh, for your team as well.
0: Super. Michelle, thank you so much. Um, I I really appreciate a great conversation. Far exceeded expectations, um, as you always do. Thank you.
1: (laughs) It's been a pleasure talking to you, Mark. Look forward to it again.
0: uh, Yep. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast, where value only exists in your customer's mind, which means that your job in business is a lot more like brain surgery than you might have thought. Thanks, and have a high-value day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues Cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blues